Well, good morning, Southridge. Welcome, welcome. My name is Pastor Jay. Uh, I'm honored to serve here at uh, at Southridge as the executive pastor. I'm excited. Uh, uh, it's a great day. Great to be here, right? Yeah. Great job, worship team. Uh, very excited, and I was I was able to connect uh, before this service with with a few people that were wearing crimson and blue. Uh, Jayhawks won, beat Kentucky last night. Man, we got a lot of, come on. It's multiplying, Troy. It's multiplying. I like it. I like it. Very cool. Well, so glad that you could be here with us this morning. Excited for what God's doing. And we're uh, wrapping up our SOAR series. And I just want to celebrate a couple things, though. Man, uh, uh, yesterday we we had uh, our Saturday morning prayer, and we've just really been encouraging uh, just to just to be a part of that, especially for our 21 days of prayer. And and man, we had so many people, um, and just God's doing really cool things. And um, man, if you if you haven't been able to be here for a Saturday morning prayer yet, I encourage you be a part of it because man, it was awesome. Uh, the last three weeks have been great. If you missed out, I got, I got news for you. It's going to keep going. All right? So uh, we're going to celebrate the 21 days of prayer and fasting. The fasting ends today. Anybody, anybody celebrate with like a big donut this morning? Or Yeah, all right. All right. So, uh, man, a lot of fun, a lot of cool things. But don't stop praying, right? Right? Uh, man, let this be kind of that launch point. Let this be that thing that really launches you so you can soar, continue to soar in your relationship with God. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, one last thing in this, in this series. And we've had a lot of fun and uh, Pastor Troy, Troy really laid it out uh, last week for purpose. Um, and today we're going to look at soaring with the Holy Spirit. Soaring with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're going to look at our key text. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at Isaiah 40, 31. Let's take a look at it one more time. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Every time I read this, every time I, I, I hear this, it's such encouragement. It's such encouragement and inspiration for what God really wants for us, what he wants to see in our lives, in our spiritual lives, in our journey with him. And I hope that uh, over the last few weeks, and if you missed a week, uh, you can go on our website and check out that podcast and, and, and just listen to the audio. I encourage you, if you missed a week, to do that. Uh, we've looked at the first week, we looked at soaring in, in his word, spending time daily in his word, looked at prayer. Uh, Pastor Troy also laid out uh, worship and purpose, all of these things. And God really wants to use these tools to help us soar. And I hope you're starting to experience that. Now, when we read soar high on, on wings of eagles, that part, that image that Isaiah has carved out into this text for us, high on wings of eagles, what a I mean, have you ever, anybody seen uh, eagles around in this area? Anybody lived there? Yeah, there's different parts. And it's really cool when you look up and you, man, it's awesome. And I was thinking about this image and what God wants for us. And I remembered, uh, um, it was about 
seven years ago, my wife and I, we took a family vacation with our our, our son at that point was three years old, and we went to South Dakota up to the Black Hills, and um, near uh, Rapid City, there's a, it's like a reptile gardens or something. Anybody been to that? that rept- hey, okay, all right, cool. So, and had a, had a lot of fun, really cool uh, place, kind of tucked back um, in the Black Hills, and um, they had this this place at the back end of the reptile gardens where they had uh, their their birds, all right, and they had a presentation, and somebody would come out, and they'd bring out boards, and actually the birds, someone would release it from the back, and then the bird would soar up onto this perch, and really cool, we were, you know, seeing eagles, and, and owls, and all these really majestic birds, and then they said, hey, you know, we would like a couple people to come up and call out a bird, too, and so they picked uh, myself and my three-year-old son, I said, come on up here, and you give it a try, and, and I stood there, and I looked at the audience with my back to where the birds were coming from, and I don't remember what they told me to, to, to say, but uh, to call out for the bird, and, and just flap your wings, and, and, and call out for the bird, and a big, you know, who knows what's going to come out, and after a couple seconds, everybody starts laughing at me, and I turn around, and there's this chicken running around <laughs> in the back, and I'm like, come on. Oh, man, and, and so they said, "Well, let's see if your son can do any better." And and Jackson steps up there, and he flaps his wings, and and this huge vulture comes just soaring up. It was really, really cool, um, really cool to watch. And and vultures have a huge wingspan, and just watching that, I was like, "Wow!" You know, the reality is, was we've been talking about soaring. We can sometimes find ourselves feeling like a chicken just running around flapping our wings and going nowhere. And maybe as you've tried to take some of these steps, maybe you've stumbled a little bit. Maybe you started feeling lonely and wondering, how does this thing work? Because I don't think I'm getting any lift. And maybe you've fallen into just some of the struggles that we find in Scripture and, and uh, just, just some things that keep us from being free to soar. And so I want to talk to you about that. And, and first thing I want to just lay out for you is this. It's really important. God did not intend for us to soar alone. In fact, you can look in your hand out there and, <clears throat> and, uh, and follow along. God does not want us to fly solo. We're not on a solo mission here when we're called to soar. He's never intended that for us. He wants us, it says in that key text, you will, when we trust in the Lord, we will find new strength. It's not within ourselves and on our own on a solo flight. He wants to give us the strength to fly. So where does this strength come from? Well, it comes from the Holy Spirit. And we find out about this in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. We'll look at this together. Jesus, talking to his disciples, says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. He is the Spirit who reveals the truth about God. The The world cannot receive him because it cannot see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and is in you. 
Now, imagine what the disciples, this is towards the end of Jesus' ministry, before he would die on the cross and rise again and then ascend into heaven. Imagine, after spending three years with Jesus, walking with him, your life is changing, you've given up everything. And now Jesus says, hey guys, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And so the disciples are like, whoa, 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 whoa. He could sense that the disciples were afraid. They were wondering, how are we going to continue this without you? How are we going to continue what you've been talking to us about and getting us dreaming about without you? How is this possible? But Jesus promised his disciples and us that we would not be without help or guidance. Help was on the way. Help was on the way. When I thought about this, uh, I thought about um, a time that I got to uh, tour as a, as a uh, chaplain, uh, the 911 dispatch for Douglas County. And we got to go in there and meet some of the dispatchers, actually went into the room uh, where they were taking calls and uh, got to witness someone, someone calls in, called in, and their, uh, a lady's husband was, had a massive heart attack. And was non-responsive, and so I watched as as this uh, this operator seamlessly, flawlessly coaching her on how to how to, how how to do CPR, all the different steps, and at the same time she's she's pausing and she's typing in stuff to the fire department as they're and I watched on the map as the truck is making its way in less than four minutes to get there. And she kept reassuring, help is on the way. Help is on the way. They're almost there. The reality is for us, though, help is already here. The help that you need, the strength that you need, is here in the form of the Holy Spirit, in the person of the Holy Spirit. You do not have to wait. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning. Uh, if you're in the middle of the week and you're struggling, you're wondering, how in the world am I going to get through? How am I going to get to Sunday so I can hear, hear a sermon and worship with people and feel and get re-energized? Help is already here in the person of the Holy Spirit. When you step into a relationship with God by believing in Christ, His Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, begins to dwell in you. Now, when I say Holy Spirit, you may have, uh, we all probably have different ideas and maybe different images that come into mind. Maybe you grew up in a background where you, you think of the ending of that prayer. Now, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have images of that in, in, in church and in, in the background that you grew up in. Maybe you grew up in a, in a background where People did things in the name of the Holy Spirit that were kind of crazy and wild. And, and, you know, maybe you got a little turned off by that and wonder, I don't know if I want to get into this Holy Spirit thing. Maybe you have positive images like uh, what you find in Scripture that are actually accurate, like the dove or fire, which we find the Holy Spirit represented in these images in Scripture. But before we look at really how we can be free to soar with the Spirit, I want to get some clarity on what the role of the Spirit and the person of the Spirit is. We serve one God who is manifested in three distinct persons. I don't have time to go into, uh, uh, you know, really a breakdown of the Trinity, but I did find a quote um, uh, from a theologian that uh, actually lives in Lincoln, Nebraska, and his name is Warren Wearsby. I want to look at this quote because it sums it up quite well. 
quite well. What God the Father planned for you, and God the Son purchased for you on the cross, God the Spirit personalizes for you and applies to your life as you yield to him. It's a really good you know, summation of what the Trinity is all about. What God planned for you, and God the Son purchased for you on the cross, God the Spirit personalizes for you and applies it to your life. And if I could add something to your everyday life, your everyday life. So who is the Spirit that dwells in me, and what does the Spirit do? The function of this, this manifestation of, of God and the Spirit. I want to take a look at three things that really sum up, and, and a word that just kept coming to me is same. And so we're going to look at that as you follow along in your handout. The one and the same. First, the same spirit that brought order to the chaos. One of my favorite verses in, in, in Scripture, Genesis 1-2, it says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. How awesome. How awesome that image is. The spirit of the living God hovering over this formless, deep waters. And in other descriptions, translations, it talks about the chaos. At the very beginning, it was chaos. That's what God started with. This formless, deep waters. When I think about that word chaos, I have to think about uh, my five-year-old daughter, Haven, who, when she plays, okay, uh, Monday and Tuesdays, I take my kids home from school, and many times, I like to just kind of like, hey, get a couple jobs done, then you guys can play, or watch a show, or whatever, and my daughter likes to play by getting everything possible out to play with, okay, we've got dolls here, we've got you know, last couple of days, it's, she started a store, where, a business, where she's selling her animals, stuffed animals. And, I mean, it's just everywhere. And she builds forts and gets everything out. Well, the problem is, is if I don't get that stuff and get her moving to clean it up, my wife comes home to chaos, right? Total chaos. The question I have for you is this. Does your life feel like chaos? Does your life feel like chaos? Your family, your relationships, your finances, maybe just everything. And you look around and you think, this is a mess. How can God do anything with me? I want to reassure you that the same spirit that hovered over this formless chaos before God did something beautiful and created the heavens and the earth. He hovers over your chaos, and he wants to create something quite beautiful in you, despite our mess, through our mess. It's one of the coolest things about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us, that he can work with our chaos. The second same statement I want to share with you is the same spirit that, Jesus, that rose Jesus from the dead. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. This is Romans 8, 11, And this, this phrase that we find, he will give life to your mortal bodies. Also, you'll find this, this word in other translations or descriptions of this passage is quicken. 
In the, in the original Greek, which the New Testament was written in, this one word means literally to make alive with life. To make alive with life. Man, I'm sure all of us could say at times, maybe even this week, I, could have, I needed some life, right? Man, I need some life for my emotions, for my spirit. I needed energy. I needed, I need this. The Holy Spirit wants to provide that life. That life, that, that energy, that force that only he can provide. The same, and what's so encouraging, we're talking about the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead in you. That kind of power, that's the Holy Spirit with you now. Third thing here is the same still small voice found in Scripture. The same still small voice found in Scripture. In 1 Kings 19.12, maybe you've heard this phrase before, still small voice. It actually originates from this, this encounter that a prophet named Elijah had. And after the fire, there was this sound of a gentle whisper. Elijah responded by stepping out from the cave that he was in and waiting for God to speak to him. The gentle whisper. Maybe you've heard uh, Pastor Troy or myself talk about, you know, God spoke to our hearts. Or maybe you heard somebody else say, God spoke to my heart. We're not talking about an audible voice. This is a still small voice that when it happens, this this very clear impression, we know God's speaking. God's trying to tell me something. Um, And I believe he wants to speak to you through his Holy Spirit in everyday, ordinary life. I was was really encouraged during our huddle time. Those who serve, we have our our huddle time at the beginning about uh, at 8.30 and we gather together and and Jennifer shared with us a really encouraging word and, and what caught my attention was everyday ordinary life in our ordinary moments. And I, you know, I think about uh, in, in 2003, I was finishing up my graduate uh, degree in seminary and uh, uh, in Springfield, Missouri. It's where my wife and I met. And my wife was, was working on her graduate degree. And um, uh, Troy had, had begun recruiting me uh, in 2000, I think it was, or 2001 for planting a church. And in 2003, I was doing, I was in a church planting class. And I was doing this project, planting a church in Omaha. All right. And this, this involved a paper that was like 25, 30 pages long. And I was almost at the end. Okay. I mean, I was about ready to cross home plate and I was working on it. I was working on a PC and uh, it's a very significant part of this story. I was working on a PC. All right. Troy and, I, Troy and I have this, you know, uh, Mac PC thing rivalry that kind of goes on and on. But <clears throat> so I'm working on it and all of a sudden, you know, the screen goes blank, blank and, and the computer shuts down. And I'm like, oh man, but I have, I have it on a disc, so it should be there. So I get everything booted up again and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it and that project is no longer there. I'm like, What? 
I mean, I began to lose it. I mean, come unglued, all right? My wife is, is trying to console me, trying to troubleshoot, and, and I mean, I just, I lost it. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I've got a week left, and I've been working on this for, you know, at least a month. How am I going to do this? And I remember a couple hours later, I'd calmed down, and I, was, I just took a moment, I prayed. I was like, God, I don't, I don't, I don't know why you're doing this. I mean, I'm pretty confident this is a good paper. I would like to see it again. I want to, I want to turn it in. And I remember, uh, I remember it clear as day. I mean, I was, I was sitting on the couch and I was praying. And God, in a still small voice, said, Jay, you need to look again. You need to look again. And I, I, I brought that disc, you know, file up again. And then I was looking, looking for the, what I had named it as. I couldn't find it, but I saw this, this file that had just a bunch of numbers and letters, and I clicked on it, and it had renamed my file, you know, whatever. <laughs> and there it was. There it was. In our everyday moments, the Holy Spirit wants to speak into your lives. For the problems that you encounter, for the times that you need guidance, with some of the smallest things. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you so that you can soar through those everyday moments. All right, so with this, as we've looked at, you know, this, the Holy Spirit being the same power that rose Christ from the dead, that, that was over the chaos of creation, all of this, there should be nothing that keeps us from soaring, right? Nothing. Nothing can stop us except ourselves, right? Challenges is with us, and there are challenges to soaring with the Spirit. I want to identify a few of those that we actually find in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read just a portion of it. It's actually the, the, the very last three or four verses of that chapter. I encourage you to read the entire chapter. It tells you kind of the whole story, but I'm going to give you some background after I read it and a couple more verses along the way. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. So a little bit of background on this. Paul uh, and his ministry, Paul was a, a man that wrote a lot of the New Testament, planted churches, and and those churches that he planted and had contact with, he he sent letters to, to encourage them and help them with problems they were having. The church in Corinth had a lot of problems, a lot of problems within themselves, the struggles that they were having, and they were having struggles even believing Paul again in what his ministry and the gospel that he had shared with them about who Christ was. And the problem was is there was this group called the Judaizers. And the Judaizers were coming in and saying, yeah, Jesus, he did, rise from, he did die for your sins, and he did rise again, and he wants to change your life. But you know what? That old way that we did things, religion and, and, and do's and don'ts and, and keeping all the law, and, and that's actually really still important too. And, and it's kind of both, all right? And it's kind of like this, we're not going to lose all this other stuff. You have to have this stuff. And so there was confusion that was developing, and, and, and the problem was the people that were pushing all this, they could not see what the problem was. And so Paul, in his concern and defending himself, 
he shares some things that are, I think are really appropriate for us and our struggle. Sometimes we fail to see what's keeping us from soaring with the Spirit. It's almost like there's this fog on the runway. It's like this stuff on the runway and we can't get off the ground. So for us, we need to clear the runway so we can soar with the Spirit. What does that involve? Let's take a look at the rest of this chapter, some verses that really apply to us. First of all, self-reliance must give way to Spirit-led. Self-reliance must give way to Spirit-led. It is not that we think that we are qualified to do anything on our own. Okay? So Paul is saying this because the people that were, that were polluting their minds were actually these guys that were coming in and actually with them in their pocket, they would pull out this letter of recommendation. Some of them were forged. Some of them were legit of just like, I'm for real. And what I'm telling you is for real. And this authenticates that, you know what? We can do this ourselves, all right? There's this part that we have to do. And they would carry around this letter saying, me, yeah, me, I'm legit. And so what Paul is saying here is, he says, you know what? Not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. In fact, he said, we don't need letters because the work that God is doing is doing in you the Holy Spirit is writing it on your hearts. That's the work, the work of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, not relying on ourselves. Now, as I'm sharing with the, this with you, I'm kind of, I've kind of become a pro at trying to do it myself. Throughout my life, that's been probably my biggest struggle. In fact, growing up in the church and, and then... Uh, really going out on my own and saying, I can do life on my own and do whatever I want on my own, and I, I, I got this. And it took about four years of that for me to go to my knees and saying, God, I, I actually can't. I don't want to try anymore. I don't want to try anymore. But it's still, there's this temptation for me relying on myself, my own power, my own strength. Even recently in the last, uh, last month or so, my wife has been struggling with intense back pain and I uh, found out this last week she has a bulging disc. And just watching my wife go through pain and, 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 and being in this place where I feel totally helpless, like I can't fix her problem, I can't do this, has been very difficult for me. I was sharing, I've been sharing the last couple of weeks and appreciate Troy. He, he often will just say, how you doing, man? No, how you really doing? And I said, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I don't know how to, you know? And I remember a couple of weeks ago when it first started, I was like, I'm starting to realize all the stuff my wife does and I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I got to go grocery shopping tonight. And he's like, I think you could do that. I survived. But you know, I, I've really struggled with it. I've really struggled because I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, I, God, what am I supposed to do? I can't fix this. And I'm waiting on you to heal her. And I'm, what do I do? And what I've been realizing, even as I've been studying this, is like, here I go again. I need to step back and say, God, lead me with your spirit. Show me. Show me what I, I'm supposed to do. Show me how to support my wife. Show me. And he wants to. He wants us to be spirit-led, not relying on ourselves. The second thing 
old religion must be exchanged for a new relationship. In verses 8 and 9, it says, Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? I love this exchange. I love what Paul is saying here. Now under this new way, this new way being this new covenant or promise, the promise the old law, which was, we got we to do everything right, and if we mess up, we do a sacrifice. No, there's this new way, and it is through Christ that by faith, through his grace and mercy, we are saved. We have been changed. And because of that, we can walk in grace. We can walk in this forgiveness. We can walk in this. Maybe, though, Maybe just maybe you grew up in a, an environment where it was very legalistic, which was, it was all about, hey, are you doing all the right things and not doing all this stuff? Because that's what makes you right with God. Maybe that's still in your mind or in your heart, or maybe it's in a church that you grew up in and you keep falling into that. In fact, we've had 21 days of fasting and prayer and maybe you didn't do too well on that. And so you came here this morning and you're thinking, I'm not soaring because I have totally messed up my 21 days of fasting and prayer. I missed it. And you may feel like a spiritual failure here this morning. The reality is we have to exchange that old religious idea. Yes, there is a part of us to obey, to do our best, but we are walking in grace, undeserved favor, And that's where he wants us to walk, in this new way. In this new way, shouldn't we expect far greater things? That's where God wants you to, to be expecting greater things. Old religion must be exchanged for a new relationship. He wants you to be free. For those of you who are struggling with that, I want to encourage you. God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to keep falling into that trap and feeling like a failure, feeling ashamed, feeling like, I can never do this. Guess what? On your own, you can't. So it's time to allow the Spirit to begin leading you. Try this new way. The third thing is this, fear must be replaced by complete confidence. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold, very bold. When you begin to experience the power of God's grace and the freedom of his Holy Spirit, you begin to realize that we have every reason to be confident. Maybe fear is something that, you know, fear of what's next Fear of the worst case scenario. Fear of, of, of man, who's going to be the next president? You know? All right? And it can get scary. Come on. <laughs> Whatever that fear is that's paralyzing you, we have every reason to be confident because of the power of the Holy Spirit who wants us to soar, wants to give us that lift and keep us soaring. You know, just in last week, uh, you know, preparing this message, in the, 
I could go so many different ways talking about the Holy Spirit. But in the middle of the week during our staff prayer, I just felt like God really placed this, this exact scripture on my heart. And that still small voice, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jay, I want them to have freedom to soar with my spirit. I want them to be free. So how do we do that? I want to give you three steps that that come out of this this same chapter that we find here. First, turn your heart completely to him. Completely to him. In verses 14 through 16, it says, But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read and the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. These phrases, uh, their minds were hearted, their veil covers their minds and heart. He's actually referring, and he was, he was talking about that when, when Moses would go in the Old Testament and, and, and go before God and talk with God, he would come back and his face would like shine because he was, that, he was in the presence of God. And so Moses would oftentimes put a veil so that people wouldn't even see this shining that was happening. And, and so Paul is actually using this image that they knew about to talk to them about hardened hearts, which the people that were trying to pollute their minds with getting away from grace and what God wants them, how, how he wants to soar with the Spirit under the new covenant. He's saying there's, there's actually a veil over their minds and hearts because they've hardened So a question I have for you this morning is this. What has hardened your heart? Maybe the reason why you're struggling to soar is because your heart is hard towards God. Or more likely, your heart is hardened towards other people. Bitterness, unforgiveness, holding grudges, towards other people. As you do that, you begin to drape this veil over your heart and you stop seeing Christ and what he wants for you. You stop experiencing what the Spirit wants because your heart is so hard towards other people, maybe a specific person. See, the Spirit wants to do something so beautiful in you But that's not possible if your heart is ugly. Whatever that bitterness is, whatever that unforgiveness is, whatever that is that has hardened your heart towards other people, that is exactly what God is asking you to turn away from. The word repentance is actually this turning. Turning away from what you know And the Spirit has been nudging you. The Spirit will do this, nudge you and say, you know, that's actually not good for you. You know, how you're you're treating that person, how you're 
how you're acting towards that person and treating them and ignoring them and, and punishing them. That's not right. That's not, a, that's not what Christ would do. You need to turn. And as you begin to turn and you turn back towards Christ, you turn back to him and you say, I totally messed this up. Will you forgive me and help me to forgive them? Then the veil is pulled away. And then you can begin to soar again. But it starts with you. Because here's the deal. Only you can turn your heart. Only you can make that step of saying, I don't want to do that anymore. That thing that has hardened your heart. You have to make those steps and turn 180 degrees and saying, God, lead me. I'm ready to be led in the right direction. The second thing is fix your eyes on the truth of Christ. In verse 17 it says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. The words see and reflect as we find here in this translation are actually one Greek word which means to gaze in front of a mirror. To gaze in front of a mirror. That image See, the Spirit wants, as you spend time in God's Word and you spend time reading about who Christ is, His teachings, what He wants to do in your life, the more you spend time doing that, what ends up happening is you are looking, you are gazing at the life of Christ. And then the Spirit is using that to begin changing who you are and who you reflect You stop reflecting all the stuff and the mess and the chaos of our life and you start reflecting who Jesus is, who you've been reading about, who you've been praying to. I had to think about this and I had a very emotional moment as I was putting uh, this together and thinking about my son and uh, my wife shared with me a couple weeks ago. She said, you know, I I was talking to Jackson after school and he's 10 years old and in fourth grade, and and I saw him talking to a boy I hadn't talked, I hadn't seen him talk to, and I didn't even know who this kid was. And I was asking about him, and 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 I said, I said, Jackson, is this a boy that hangs out with you and and the other friends that you have? He said, No, he doesn't have any other friends. My son was this boy's only friend. And I, and I remembered back to when, uh, when my, my son first started going to school. And every night we pray with him. And in fact, my son won't go to sleep until someone comes in and tucks him in and prays for him. So we have these moments where we get a miscommunication and there's still a light on. And Jackson's been in there for an hour waiting for us to come in and pray with him. Like... You can say, come pray, you know, and, and, and I'd go in and I'd pray and I'd say, and I, I had to pray this prayer many times, let my son, let my son be a friend to the kids who don't have friends. And I've realized also that my son is, you know, pray, you're reading the Bible, finding out more about who Jesus is. And the reality is, is that my son Jackson, he's not a super kid. What's happening is that the Holy Spirit is using these scriptures and using these prayers, and it's becoming a reality. That he's reflecting who Jesus is 
in his life, in his school. That's what he wants to do with us. It's not by our power. It's not by our talents or our gifts. It's through prayer. It's through reading scripture. It's fixing our eyes on him. And in the process, the spirit does this work, changing us, molding us, and making us into who we were called to be. The last thing is this, allow the spirit to transform you. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. See, here's the whole goal. The, the reason the Spirit is here to lead us, to help us to soar, to make us more like Jesus. We can't do it on our own. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. Notice that it says, makes us. The Holy Spirit makes us. We have a part in this. The part of, of, of engaging in Scripture and, and, and prayer being a part of this community, serving, all of that. That's our part. But you know what? The heavy lifting is by the Holy Spirit as we allow him, as we allow him to change us. The question is, will you let him? Will you let the Spirit change who you are so that you can really soar? As I conclude, I wanted to share with you uh, I you know, mentioned about how Troy started recruiting me, and I think it was in 2000, and you know, we moved to Omaha in 2004, and, and that, that 25 to 30-page paper, which uh, you know, I had lots of ideas, but uh, I, I, was, I was spending lots of time the first couple years as we were starting this church trying to figure out which of my ideas would work, Right? Right? And, 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 and trying to figure out, hey, God, would you help me with this idea? And would you help me with this plan? And would you help me with this strategy? And I remember praying, and we were in a, uh, an industrial building for, for a few years. And, and I would go in and, and spend time and just, just in prayer at the beginning of the day. And I was praying, and I remember just pausing during my prayer, praying for all these strategies and plans. And God rocked my world with a still, small voice and said, Hey, Jay. When are you going to let me in on this? I think for some of us here today, many of us, we need, we need to hear that. We need to, we need to say, you know, God, I'm sorry. I've been trying to do this all on my own. And that's what I realized. Without the guidance and help and direction of the Holy Spirit, I've been trying to do this on my own. He doesn't want you to because he knows you're not going to get off the runway. You will bow your, bow your heads for just a moment as we close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the same power that rose your son from the dead that is within us when we stay, take that step of faith. Thank you that he dwells within us. We don't have to do this alone. If you're here this morning and as I'm talking about this step of faith and what happens when we do this, that the Holy Spirit begins to dwell in us, and you realize, I need to make that step of faith. I need to turn my whole life, my whole life towards God right now. Maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, you need to agree with this prayer right now. 
Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. And because of your grace, you will change my life. As you forgive me of all of my mess and the mess that I've created, and that you would do something awesome in me and through me, through your Holy Spirit. Change who I am. I'm ready to be led by the Holy Spirit and become more and more like you. If you said that prayer, agreed with that prayer, for the first time or the first time in a long time, just raise up your hands and say, that was me. I did that, yes. here today and you're you're saying you know Jay I need to let him lead I need to start letting him lead again whether it was old religion that's crept in man whether it's bitterness or fear that is polluting and, and putting a veil over your heart and your mind and you've hardened your hearts and you need a breakthrough you want to get off the runway Get out of the way. Maybe you need to ask. Right now, I encourage you. If you have bitterness, it's something in your heart that has hardened your heart towards God and His sins. Right now, you can say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you pull the veil away so that I would be led by your Holy Spirit? Right now, in the name of Jesus. I want freedom. God for freedom and the freedom to soar with your spirit. Let us not try to do this on our own anymore. Let us soar in Jesus' name.